Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast from Assen after a brilliant victory for Valentino Rossi. It's been a long time coming, but what a tight championship we have now. Coming up, we've got all the protagonists from race day, as well as Neil Hodgson, Keith Ewan, Julian Ryder and Craig Doyle. But first, here is how the MotoGP race was won. This is it then. Valentino Rossi, take it. here comes Mark Marquez to take third place off of Cal Cruzzo, that won't be over and done with yet, Cruzzo will try and get him in the brakes, but it is going to be Valentino Rossi that wins the Dutch TT and the oh. line, Valentino Rossi takes it from Dinello Petrucci, and then it's about Mark Marquez and Cal Cruzzo, it is Marquez, Marquez who gets third, Cruzzo eventually fourth out the fourth, but what a brave and brilliant final few laps from Cruzzo to get that fourth place, Davizioso, now the series leader... Valentino, I think it's 385 days since Barcelona last year. It's been a, a long year. There's been some high moments, been some low moments as well. But uh, to come back and do it here at Assen in such difficult conditions, is the championship back on? You know, I, I'm happy for different reasons. Mm. But uh, for sure, the number one is uh, that I'm back to the victory. I'm very, very happy because uh, I race uh, and uh, I work all the year exactly for this feeling, you know? So it's great, especially after one year, long time ago. And uh, it's an important victory also for the championship that now is, is very open. And uh, also I'm, I'm, I'm happy because I recover a good feeling with the bike. Uh, we modify a lot and, and it was a great race from the beginning to the end. In the first moment that I think that, uh, okay, I do, because I was in front with a good pace, start to rain, so. But this is Assen, and this is my 10th victory in Assen, so I'm very happy. Yeah, it's really special all the way around. It, I spoke to you yesterday evening, and we said, is this a turning point? And you weren't quite sure, but it looks like everything's just worked in your favor this weekend and worked out for you. Uh, in a championship like this, it's difficult to say, because um, we, we have to see in the next races. But uh, I, feel, uh, I feel better with the bike, uh, I, I recover a lot of feeling and this is the most important because I can ride uh, in my way, uh, you know, back at the victory like this, recover a lot of points, but especially after, after a great race is, uh, is a fantastic feeling. He still loves that feeling, Neil. Seemingly very important to him still, just that, that adrenaline rush. Yeah, I mean, in all that interview, that was what stood out. It's like, it's, he didn't want to talk about the championship. What he wants to do is tell you that all the hard work, all the effort, everything for the last year is about this one thing, and that's the feeling, the drug. Because it is a drug of winning, and that's why he still races at 38 years old. 
And we were a little bit concerned because he hadn't had a win for over a year and he hadn't had his injection of adrenaline. But watching him come round, it was almost like you could see the years drop off him as he came into Park Fermi. He just looked younger, didn't he? It was a pleasure to, to witness that. Do you think we'll be talking about this round, this race, this Valentino Rossi performance at the end of the season going, that was the turning point? That's why he is a world champion for a tenth time, are in the mix to be world champion for a tenth time? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question because... Thank you, Neil. Uh, finally, I mean, it's been... How many hours have we been live on air? It's, it's, it feels like how it's been a long... How Like, out of 10, how would you rate that question? Like well, that is seven. your best one so is far, it? but there's been some poor wow. ones. Shall we go through them first? <laughs> no, go I on, mean, it's, it, it's a pivotal point right. for, for him, you know, yeah. obviously to get this win, first win in over a year. But more importantly, the feel. He talks about the feel all the time. All riders do, but the feel he gets on that Yamaha is fast all weekend in all conditions. Yeah, this, is, this has been the, the turning point of his, his championship. And he's got the feel with that chassis. It's a new chassis, but we think it might be the old chassis. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember Mark Marquez went back to the 2014 mm. chassis in the Hunter just to get some feel? Is that what's happened here? It's exactly what, what's happened. It's quite common. We've seen it in the past, you know. The, the problem Valentino had was whatever Maverick Vignoles did on the Yamaha in pre-season testing, he was fast. So they obviously had the new chassis. He went incredibly fast. Rossi was like, oh, I'm not too sure. But then you can't argue because your teammate's quicker than everybody. And they went down that direction. It's now come to this point, round eight, well, round seven it was. And they said, we need to try something different. Uh, funny old race for Johan Zarco. He had a soft rear on and then he ended up going and putting wets on. It was all a bit chaotic. But for a period of time, he was in a good old battle with Valentino Rossi. And they even had a little moment as well, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rossi got past him. And Zarko being Zarko did what I would expect him to do, and it's what we've seen him do all year, actually, is he doesn't accept, it's the old, it's like the Rossi sort of pass back as soon as you've been passed, and he tried to go underneath him in. Such a long corner. There are two lines around here. Rossi's on the traditional line, Zarko was on the cheeky line, and uh, there, was only, there was only ever going to be one outcome of that. And uh, like I say, there was, it, it, it just racing, I'd expect him to try that. And look, that's Rossi showing, obviously, that's all the rubber from uh, Zarko's front tyre on his bum. Who, who is at fault there? Is anyone at fault? Not really. No. No, I actually like to see that because that's two riders not going to back down. Both obviously want to do as well as they can. And uh, that's proper racing. Um, his teammate Maverick Vinales was working his way through the field. We thought he might do something. Had a crash, which was unfortunate for him, but uh, we thought he might be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, he got a bad start. He qualified, well, let's go back to qualifying. Qualified bad, bad start, and this is what happens. This is what happens when you're trying to come through the pack. He didn't look himself. He's not looked himself since Saturday. Watch this, change of direction. And it's really hard to explain what happened there, but sometimes when, you, when you're rushing it, when you're trying to change direction even quicker than normal, you can do some strange things with the handlebars, and he sort of took the front. He created that problem. He was so close to being whacked there as well. That was a very, very close one. The onboard camera really makes scary watching. Um, Danilo Petrucci was fantastic this weekend. His enthusiasm, but also he's not happy with just being on the podium. He now expects more for himself, uh, which is brilliant. That's the way he should react, right? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a plus that he's disappointed. But it's only when you talk to him, when Gavin interviewed him um, in the Park Fermi area, it was really interesting. He said he had it set up. He thought he could beat Rossi on the last lap, but the fact that he caught two back markers obviously spoiled it for him. But but the watch the way that Petrucci rides, the new this is the new Petrucci, the confident Petrucci. I mean, he's always been aggressive, maybe a bit too aggressive in the past, but now he's got a bit of finesse with it as well, and he can be consistent and do, put a full race together. And when you're battling with Valentino Rossi for the lead of a MotoGP World Championship race, you know you're doing something right, don't you? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a really Real good, good talker guy. too. Uh, let's hear what he had to say after the race. Danila, great to see you up on the podium again for the second time in three races. But I'm sure it's a little bit bittersweet, isn't it? We've heard about the, the blue flag. 
did you know you knew that last sector was your strong point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. In the last sector, uh, I already tried. In the, I think last three or three four laps to go at the end, and I was a little bit faster. I got more acceleration in the first corner, and uh, anyway, I prepared the attack in the last in the last lap. But I found Barbara in the penultimate lap, in the last chicane. No, no blue flag waving in the last lap, and the rings with the, with the rain tire in the corner six in the last lap, and. Uh, I, I found uh, I found Rins and uh, I, I lost uh, Valentino. We arrived very very close at the end, but uh, yeah, it's bittersweet. You say you say right because uh, I prepare everything and in the in the last lap I found uh, the, the door closed. But uh, anyway, another podium, uh, another great result, and I'm happy for this. Yeah, uh, he wasn't un uh, happy about uh, Alex Rins getting in his way. Not Alex's fault, he says no. there should have been a blue flag. Um, I just got this timesheet here, and it actually shows in that last lap, Petrucci did make up, what, 0.3 of a second. So he was right. He was actually had a really good shot of taking the, the top s step, no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, well, it was, his, it was Petrucci's strong points, that aggressive sort of late breaking into the last corner, and he was making up time on everybody there. So, yeah, I mean... It's, he probably, well, he would have had a chance to make a pass on Valentino. Would it have stuck? Who knows? But Well, his pace was up, according to these timesheets. Yeah, they don't lie. They don't lie, that's true. Unlike um, me and you. <laughs> yes, I do it for a living. Um, let's talk about Marc Marquez. Uh, another good weekend for him. Um, he's just kind of been pootling along, hasn't he, doing his thing? Yeah, absolutely. And again, in one of the days like today, with five laps ago, it's raining. Easy to make mistakes. Cal Crutchlow, I've got to say, though, did an amazing job to come through all the way through to get into third. And then that was the pass on the penultimate corner by Mark Marquez. Aggressive move from Mark. He went into that penultimate corner like it was bone dry. I'm hoping we'll hear from Cal quite soon. I know we can hear from Mark Marquez. Well, Mark, that was a tough one towards the end there. You and Cal and Dovi having a right old battle to the line. How much did the rain affect you on those last couple of laps? Yeah, of course, it was uh, so difficult. It was so difficult, uh, the race. Uh, I mean, uh, we know that uh, here on dry conditions, uh, Yamaha riders were very, very strong. But even like this, I was able to be there, pushing a lot, but able to be there, uh, able to, to push uh, every corner. Uh, but then when the rains come, there was so difficult. So difficult to understand uh, where was the limit, uh, where, was, uh, where we need to take the risk. Uh, and, uh, and in the end, I had a big uh, moment. I said, OK try to cool, uh, cool down, uh, try to, to, to work, uh, try to understand where is the limit. But uh, then last lap was uh, really fun. Yeah, tell us about that last <laughs> lap and the battles between uh, the three of you. Yeah, last lap uh, was, uh, was incredible, was, uh, especially with Carl. Uh, I mean, with Dobby already we had some overtakes, but uh, with Carl, when you have mm, the same bike, then uh, everything becomes more tight. Uh, and you know which uh, weak points have the bike, uh, which weak points uh, have the rider, and, uh, and yeah, then just I attack uh, where, where I was able to, to be faster. Significant for him. He's now 11 points behind the championship leader, Davi. In fact, there's 11 points separating himself and uh, Vinales and Rossi. So we've got a really exciting run in, couldn't we? It sounds weird. It's one of those years. We've not had one for a while. It's like nobody wants to win it. You know, with riders being inconsistent, you know, already coming to this round when Vignolas was a championship leader, it was the lowest championship leader after seven rounds we'd ever seen. Well, it's become even lower, obviously, because he was a championship leader and he scored zero this weekend. So, funny, funny, funny year. One of those years where if you had been consistent, you could have won it easily. But they're all 
they're, they're all the strategy number. It's like plan A, just go as fast as you can, win as many races as you can. Yeah, that's a Cal Crutchlow strategy. It really, really can, and he gave that a good old belt today. Great battle with Mark Marquez. Let's have a look at that, Neil. Yeah, I mean, Cal had this ridiculous pace. The, 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 with five laps to go, and it started raining, but he said, I just showed my hand a lap early. He said, I just wish I'd, I'd waited now. But everything in, is in hindsight, but he said, I just wish I'd waited to the last lap. Um, you know, you did do an interview with Cal. I did earlier. It was very, very good. Everyone was absolutely delighted with it. So good, we can press play now. Cal, simply stunning. What a great race. Came from a long way back and just pipped at the end. Tell us about it. That was some race. Yeah, honestly, I was uh, obviously I'm pleased to, to finish the race and pleased to finish fourth. Uh, I'm disappointed not to get a podium, but all credit to the podium guys. They fully deserve to be to be on the podium today. Um, I struggled at the beginning. I never got a great start. Uh, we had some problem with the front tire again, um, and I was not able to push. The, when Dovi was ahead of me, it was perfect because I let him go a little bit, and I had some fresh air on the front tire, and I was keeping a constant pace, and I probably would have finished. Six. Um, then it started to rain, and I just started to push, and the rest didn't. Um, but I made a mistake, a big mistake of showing Mark my hand too early. I should have passed him on the last lap in that in that corner, and it, it would have been game over. But he just followed me and uh, saw where I was fast because they were going slower than me. Um, and I showed them that you could go a lot faster in those conditions. So I made a I made my own mistake, and I finished fourth from my own reasons. But. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be uh, to be competitive this this weekend or weekend um, in the dry, in the rain. We had some problems, but uh, when you're fighting with the championship lead, leader of the day, and then you beat the now current championship leader, you you have a good day. You know, I've had two bad races that we've had problems, but apparently we're we're not having problems, and I'm just riding badly. But it's funny how today suddenly we have a a good race. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. With, uh, as we know, I came off a bad result in uh, in Mugello. Also with Danny, we both uh, we both had terrible races and then didn't finish. And in Barcelona, I had the tie problem. So um, here, I was glad to to make it work. And I probably would have finished sixth, as I said, but uh, to finish fourth was I was happy enough. Tell me about the mindset. It wasn't just spitting a little bit. There was a lot of rain coming down, and you was the only rider out there to keep an incredible pace. How do you do that? I don't know. I, do you know, honestly, I don't want to tell too many tricks of the trade, but do you know what I did? I looked ahead and saw nobody was crashing and saw nobody was having any moments because the group was together and I saw if there was a gap, somebody had had a moment. So I knew that next corner would have been wetter than what it was previously. And that was not really happening. But I pushed a lot in the dry areas of the track to keep the heat in the tyre. And then when I got to the wet part, I probably had a little bit more grip than the others. Um, and it was as simple as that. Well, a cracking job, brilliant fourth. We'll see you in a few days' time. Cheers, thanks, guys. Cheers. So, where does Cal now lie in the standards after that fourth place finish? Well, he is ninth on 58 points. But look how close it is up top. Andrea De Vizioso on that Ducati, the Italian, is the new leader. Maverick Vinales slips into second place. And would you believe it? There has not been a Ducati leading the standings since Casey Stoner in Mugello in 2009. That's how impressive that man is. That's how happy his team are heading to the Saxon Ring next weekend. Valentino Rossi in third place. Mark Marquez making up.
up that top four, as I said, 11 points separating them as we head towards the turn of the season. Neil Hodgson, this is going to be an absolute belt of a run in, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's almost like you look at that, and the, the, top, yeah, the top four in the championship, it's like the season's just started because there's no big gaps, 11 points, I'd say, covering the top four. It's wide open, isn't it? So now it's anyone who can, like what we say about Valentino, if you can get a bit of momentum, gain a bit of confidence from obviously the result he had today, you have a real chance. Well, Dovey's on quite the run. How's he feeling about life? Let's find out. Well, Dovey, I'm just wondering what's going through your mind because you are leaving here leading the World Championship. But I'm sure at one moment when you arrived at that front group so quickly, you were thinking there was a chance there of taking victory or you know, being on the podium at least. Yes, for sure, because uh, I was very on the back and didn't have the right feeling, the perfect feeling at the beginning of the race. But when I, I did one lap behind Maverick, helped me to, to understand a few corners and it was enough to be, to be the fastest in the middle of the race. I'm so happy about that. I was able to catch the first group. So for us, it's so important to have the speed in the middle of the race, uh, to be the fastest uh, in, in the group. So really happy about that. Really happy to, to be able to fight for the victory because uh, four laps to the end, I was uh, in the first group. But start to rain uh, heavily, and uh, it was it, it, it was impossible to understand exactly the condition of the track, it, where it was more wet or or less. So it was too dangerous, and at that time I knew uh, I was in a good position in the championship. So it's so easy to make a mistake, and this championship is so important to don't make a zero. So. So happy to be able to fight for the victory in Ashen and start in the third row. But at the end, uh, not so happy about the fifth because I was able to finish third. But the battle with Carl and Mark, it was crazy. They was very aggressive and I couldn't manage. Um, does the mindset change now a little bit? You're the first Ducati rider on top of the World Championships since 2009, which is a long time, but there's still a long way to go in the championship. What, what do you think about the, the way the team or you and the team are feeling? So happy because uh, nobody expects uh, us first in the championship after eight races. So, so happy, so proud about the work we did. And the last three weekend we worked in a perfect way, also, also this weekend. Unfortunately, I did a mistake in the qualifying and I start in the third row. In the MotoGP, we are now, it's so important to start in the first, second row because uh, you have to start in the first group and try to manage the race. Uh, I have the, the speed today and the pace to, to, to fight for the podium. Uh, but we work in the right way also when our position is not the best, we stay calm and uh, it's working. Dovi, all the best. Thanks very much. Thank you. It's got a good and a bad race. I know you crashed at the end. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I just locked the front. Um, I felt the other guys coming, I could see them coming. Um, but halfway through the race, you probably noticed I dropped back quite a lot on the front tyre. We had no dry experience, what I said on the grid. Um, and normally I go with the harder option front, but it was too much of a gamble. And the medium, after you know, six, seven, eight laps, really started to close the front a lot everywhere, missed a turn. Um, and then the rear dropped a little bit, but not too bad. My main issue was the front. I couldn't keep that corner speed, keep the line. Um, and then the rain came, and obviously I was closing the front with the drive, so the rain came, was coming again even worse. So like turn three, when I was rolling the gas, I was physically holding the bike up on my knee, take it on the rear, to, on the gas, and then bring it back. And 
it wasn't too bad then I could find a bit of the rhythm and I saw the guys come and say, okay, it's two laps, push. I pushed a bit more, a bit more, and just in the breaking of the last chicane, you know, straight breaking, locked the front. Um, and yeah it, was, yeah, it was a shame really because it wasn't a bad race. The beginning was really good, um, which is what I expect, you know, at least to, to show some in the beginning I had that grip that I was looking for, but it was a shame the tyre dropped. Yeah. Well, lots of positives to take from it. Obviously, strange track coming up next with Saxon Ring. Is that a place you like? Yeah, it's not, again, it's not really one of my favourite Saxon Ring. It's a bit like a glorified karting circuit and with a Ducati it's quite difficult there and any MotoGP bike. But that's uh, the next object. We go there, we, we go and see how it goes and start to work. And if we have some better dry weather condition, we can start to work a bit more with the setup. Well, listen, we'll see you there. Thank you. Well, Bradley, not what you wanted, of course, today. You were saying you wanted to get a, a full race in. Tell us what happened there out at Turn 7. Yeah, it seemed strange. Um, in the beginning, obviously, I made a good start. Um, I think made up like four or five positions in the first lap, so then was feeling pretty good. And uh, to be honest, we went with a gamble with our setting. It was kind of one of those test settings that you're like, I hope this works. But uh, yeah, with the wet warm-up this morning, it just wasn't, you know, wasn't able to, to really try it. It felt good, the opening couple of laps, and then, you know, then, then we struggled a little, little bit. And uh, yeah, I had seemed to have some problems uh, with my engine braking strategies, and uh, yeah, one was one one side, one was the other, and uh, yeah, especially fast corners, you know, just something wasn't quite right, and unfortunately went down in the fast corner. So uh, frustrating, but you know, these these things happen. Try to get to to the bottom of you know what the the main cause was, but uh, yeah, nevertheless, uh, it's my my mistake, you know, my. My crash, um, so you know, sorry to the team for, for that one. And uh, yeah, try and be ready uh, in saxering. Didn't injure myself any any more than, than what I already had. So uh, yeah, try and regroup and be better next week. It's good to hear you okay. Cheers, Brad, thank you. No worries, cheers. Sam, obviously a much better race until you crashed. Some positives and negatives, I guess, from that experience. Yeah, of course, to make a mistake is never good, but at least I was in the fight. I was passing people, and you know, Lorenzo come past, and I, I didn't feel you know he wasn't doing too much different, and it was good to you know, ride some laps there. It's shame to make a mistake because uh, you know I felt like I could have stayed with him and, and, and kept going forward. And yeah, my best lap was only a point eight off the best of the race, and, and, and the gap was was coming down. So I think that we can take some positives. I'm disappointed to make a mistake, especially the way that the race panned out with my tyre choice and everything would have probably been a good thing. And, uh, you know, it's a hard weekend because the, the conditions were wet yesterday and then straight into a dry race with no laps this morning either. You know, when you're inexperienced, that, that, that sort of hinders you, I think, a little bit more. And, you know, all, all the rookies struggled a bit in that race. Zarco got off to a mega start and then was dropping. And you now for me, it, it, it was a difficult situation and uh, hopefully we can take the positivity of the weekend to, to Germany. And you mentioned Germany, obviously a total different style of track. Um, is it somewhere you like it? What you think it's going to be like on a MotoGP bike? Yeah, I didn't really like it on, on Moto2, but I had some good uh, good laps and good results there. So hopefully we can uh, take this weekend on. And uh, I think it'd be good for our bike. I think it'll suit our bike, being on the side of the tyre a lot and also you know not needing too much power. So I think you know there's lots of positives from a manufacturer side and also from my side. So yeah, it'll be nice to go there, have another solid weekend, get a good finish and uh, you know, go into summer break with you know, good momentum. Brilliant, we'll see you there. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, back in the horse next week for Sam and the rest of those English fellas. Uh, how about Maverick Vinales? He crashed out in that race and his championship campaign took a little bit of a bump too. He's been knocked down into second place. Let's hear from him now. Maverick, I'm sure massive frustration for you today. I mean, you were lucky in the end because a few riders just missed you out there on track. Uh, just explain to us what happened. No, very lucky. Uh, I have to, to say thanks to Dobby because he didn't take me and... Uh, 
I was so lucky, so just really thankful to, to him. If not, for sure, it can be much worse. But happy anyway, you know, finally, uh, on the negative point, we have to, to see the positives. Still four, four points from the championship leader. I've been like this this season, but I recover pretty well, one race to another one. Uh, my potential was to win today, uh, even if I started 11. So for that, I was quite happy. And not long until Saxon ring and you can make up for this. For sure, for sure. I want to go already on the bike, already on Saxon ring, preparing a good weekend and trying to win, you know, will be will be the target for sure. Good luck for them. Thanks for talking to us, Mac. Thank you so much. Difficult for young guys. You come in, you got the championship lead, you win the first few races, everyone's talking about you. And those first few bumps, you got to learn how to deal with those. That's the pathway he's on now, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? Really interesting with him. Obviously incredibly talented. But I noticed on Thursday he was saying, oh, like we have to win, putting himself under so much pressure. And I don't know. I know he's not a rookie because he did the two years on the Suzuki, but so it's a mistake putting yourself under pressure on the Thursday saying things like that you know all the other riders are saying well we'll see how the weekend goes podiums obviously the goal and you know I don't know just um, and then already he's saying you know in Germany like we'll, we, you know, we've got to go there and win you know you don't you've got to go there and score great points and be consistent and you'll be champion at the end if you do that Everyone's going home, everyone's trying to go home. John, he was on his way out of here, but we I just got sandwiched by you, Per. No, because we want to show you something nice, okay? okay I, want show, I want to show you the results graphic from today's Moto3 race. Have a little look at that screen. And this is going to make nice reading for you, because there we go, Aaron Canna, first place, Fanati second. Hey, who cares about them? John McPhee, third place, up on the podium. Bearing in mind, John, you qualified in 19th place. You must be delighted with yourself. And don't worry, you won't miss your flight. <laughs> you were lucky. I'm very lucky. Very lucky. Well, in the race or yeah. the... Um, in, in life, John. <laughs> in life. No, it was a good good day, you know. Like, uh, like I said before, I think on Friday we had the pace. We showed the potential. We were there with, the, with everything. We just got a little bit unlucky with the tyres. And I explained that to Neil. And I think it's hard to... If you don't then back it up, people think you're talking rubbish. But thankfully today in warm-up, we showed instantly that we had the, had the speed. And then in the race, we were there the whole time. So, yeah, really, really good weekend. Rain kind of caught us out a little bit yesterday. Normally, I'm super strong in the wet. But for whatever reason, we, we struggle a lot in qualifying. And that kind of put us on the back foot. And always coming from 19th, trying to make your way forward is not easy. But, uh, yeah, today it worked out and really happy. How much of a marker, how much of a turning point will this result be for you, do you think? Um, hard to say, you know, the last few races, although the results haven't been great, we've been we've been less than five seconds from the win at more or less every track. We've kind of been there, but just not fully, fully there. And in the race in Barcelona, we definitely made a step forward. We found a little something with the bike that was, yeah, for me, it was nice because it, we, we found something. And uh, yeah, it was good to, to back that up here. And now going to Germany, we're definitely in a, in a strong position. Are you going straight to Germany now? Is that, are you getting the plane to Germany <laughs> no, no, now? Back, back home for a couple of days. Are you going to go home, are you? Yeah, yeah, catch yeah. up with a few the family for a few days. Yeah, oh, good man, okay. That's the plan. Um, well, we better let you go because your flight's about to leave. Yeah, okay, so I'll take that from you. <laughs> you don't, you don't want that. Uh, well done, John. Thanks a million. Take care. All the best. <laughs> I'm going to say bad things about you, Aaron. <laughs> hey, I bet he's sitting in 1A. Bet he's in 1A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1A. Uh, he's not going home, the, really. <laughs> this is what happened in the race. win the Moto3 Grand Prix. Oh, ben Schneider's gone there. Ben Schneider. Ben Schneider's gone sliding and down comes Canet into the final chicane. Canet, but Fee's third. It's going to be Canet by the line. Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. It's Canet, Fanati, McPhee. Oh, who's that on the straight? That's Ben Schneider. 
John McPhee on race day. What a hero. What a fantastic Moto3 race. Yeah, Bo Ben Snyder, he didn't even get the bike across the line. Walked past the grandstand, they cheered the local boy, but really, head was down. Unlike the uh, top three there, because it was a fantastic race, really good stuff. This is the state of the Moto3 Championship. Joanne Mir, 140 points. Now a 30-point lead on Aaron Canada, who was fantastic today. And Romano Fanati, just showing why we love him so much. Got a great personality, he looks like a star. When he rides like a star, he will be in the mix for the championship, no doubt about that. John McPhee jumps up to fifth place, and Anea Bastinini in tenth. He had a bit of a spill today, no doubt about that. So, um, I was just handed this bit of breaking news, and we wanted to have a quick look at it. We haven't spoken to anyone from Mahindra just yet, but this is what it says. Mahindra are to withdraw for the Moto3 World Championship at the end of 2017. There's a quote here. The move announced by the Mahindra Group is a result of a strategic shift in their racing focus towards electric vehicle racing. Now, they're big into electric bikes and electric cars, of course. They'll instead focus on the FIA Formula E Championship, where the team recently won its first race in Berlin. Now, that's disappointing because they bring so much to this championship. They've done well in this championship. That's from Crash.net, our friends there. So thanks for providing that. Um, bit of a blow to the to the grid, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a surprise. They've been in this paddock now for quite a few years, the Indian manufacturer. And I don't know, it's a, it's a great manufacturer. You know, they've worked really hard. They had some wins last year, the first ever wins in Moto3. John McPhee won, if you think about it. He was on the Peugeot, Peugeot Badge Mahindra, as was uh, Peko Banyaya. So they've had success. This year, yeah, it has been a bit disappointing, but... I wouldn't really blame the bike. I blame more the riders I've got this year. They haven't got any of the, let's say, the, the guys you'd expect in the top 10. So, yeah, disappointed, sad. But um, I just think when they won last year and the boss was here and exactly. there were tears of yeah. joy, it was a lovely moment yeah. for them. We thought maybe they're going to really get stuck into this uh, championship. Yeah, well, you talk about the boss, and that's all I can, I can picture him, uh, Mafadel Junio. He's just, uh, it's, you know, he's so passionate about motorcycling, so he'll be sad. So Moto2 had a really hard act to live up to as it was the final race of the day. This is how it all finished up. It's going to be on the brakes at the chicane at the end of the lap. Or oh, out wide goes Morbidelli. Lucci's got nothing for him. Can Morbidelli make the chicane? Nakagami forces Pasini across the green stuff. I'm sorry. That is going to be reversed when it gets to the uh, result. But it's Morbidelli that wins from Lucci. Well thought out. Great game of chess. And those two, in the end, it was Morbidelli who took it from Thomas Lutti. So this is how the MotoGP Championship looks after round eight. Franco Morbidelli, his lead is now 12 points ahead of Thomas Lutti. Alex Marquez on their tail as well, but with a bit of work to do. Miguel Oliveira in the chasing pack. You feel it's going to be about these three, and you really want to see Morbidelli pushed all the way because it just makes it a more exciting championship. It looks like it's going to go that way at the moment. Let's hope it does as we head to Saxon Ring next weekend. Now, there was no Lorenzo Baldessari in that race because during qualifying, he had a Simply awful crash, Neil. I mean, we really took our breath away, didn't it? It was a shocker. Yeah, they don't get any bigger than this. He touched the white line, it was wet, and it just flicked him to the moon. And he, I mean, the saving grace, which may sound terrible, was that he, he, he knocked himself out as soon as he hit the ground. And so he went all flopping. It looked worse than it was. So what you can't believe is the only injury he got was a crack in his right ankle. Crack in so. his right ankle. Yeah, I mean, the airbags in these suits are incredible. They really yeah. do work. Uh, there was a big medical scene around him, so people were really nervous. He was whisked off to um, hospital in a helicopter. And this was the tweet last night. In good and bad days, you're never alone. His team around him will come back stronger. 
Iron Balder. Fair play to him. Yeah, he's in good nick, so much so, he sent us a video a short while ago. Hello everyone, don't worry, I'm almost in, uh, in good conditions. Thank you, thanks to Clinic Mobile and Medical Center to help me. Now I'm just waiting the doctors, so hurry up doctors please, because my race is just in two, in two hours. <laughs> he didn't make it, the doctors delayed him, so, uh, so he didn't make it. No fair play to them, the medical care they get here is absolutely outstanding and uh, just proof of that there with him, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, it's going to miss next weekend, I'm pretty sure of that, but he'll be back, he's, he's fine. And he, he, he talks quite, he's got a funny old voice anyway, so yeah. it sounded like he was struggling to talk there, but that's his normal voice. Yeah, <laughs> a husky old voice. Um, Franco Morbidelli, he is uh, leading the championship, but they are on him. Thomas Lucy just pecking away at him, he's got to keep the pressure on him. Yeah, he does, and it, it was. it's like a... It's a big tick for Frankie Morbidelli, though, this weekend. You know, having had two relatively poor rounds by his standards, um, to get the win here was very impressive. So, momentum swung back in his direction. OK, so that's everything from Holland. We'll be back in a week's time from Saxonring in Germany. We'll speak to you then. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.